is going on, everybody? What's up, folks? We are back. Episode 128 of the Dark Windows podcast. <gasps> We're almost to 130! 130's not like a big milestone, but happy 2021. Hopefully this... Well, no. This year's already been kind of a shit show. Listen, hey. Fucking uh, six days a, in. Hey, 130's a big milestone. 150's better. Shut up. So we're six days into the year at this point, and it's already kind of a shit show. <laughs> but it was, hey, it was a it was an extension. Yeah. So there, that's how I look at it. So anyway, let's get into the show. Yeah, buddy. Why don't you start us off? So, bef- well, let's tell them what we're talking about. Oh, that'd probably help. I guess that would. Yeah. So this week for this episode, we are covering some badasses. Yep. Figured it's a good way to start the year. We, I mean, we haven't done it in a while. Yeah. You know, it's been cool, a little bit so, since we did it. So, you know, like Kevin was like, hey, you want to cover badasses? So I was like. I always want to. I, I was kind of like, there's a bear shit in the woods. I always want to cover badasses, though. You like, know. I could do just badasses. Yeah. <laughs> It'd yeah. be totally cool with it. And uh, so I was just randomly searching on the interwebs there, and I happened to find myself a badass. Wow, that's great, because that's what we're talking about this week. I know. Good job, buddy. You're welcome. Anyway, who you got? My badass is Benjamin Wilson. He was born June 2nd, 1922, in Vashon, Washington. The conflict that he was a part of was Korea. Um, At the time, he was a master sergeant. Okay. Pretty high rank for... Well, yeah. It's like... Damn near, it's close to Command Sergeant Major. Now, was he a Master Sergeant before the war started? Like, was yeah. he in the military before the war started? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. His unit slash command was the company first company of the 31st Infantry Regiment, 7th Infantry Division. Uh, he would was awarded the uh, Medal of Honor for his actions, his heroic actions. Thanks, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> anyway i'm I'm hoping that at some point in time you're gonna tell us how it happened shut up <clears throat> he was awarded a medal of honor uh on his action for his actions on june 5th of 1951 uh the place was near uh hachuang uh, mayon korea easy for you to say uh-huh <clears throat> why does that sound like something you would order at a restaurant hachuang mayon <laughs> That's, That's got kimchi in it. You can send it the fuck back. <laughs> I don't want your spoiled cabbage. I'll eat the German stuff. Same difference. No, it's not, dude. Kimchi's fucking disgusting. Sauerkraut, I will eat, like, by the forkful. Okay. They pickle it differently. All right. Well, he enlisted in the Army before this whole... Before he was got the Medal of Honor and everything else. He enlisted in the Army... In the summer of 1940, and found himself stationed at Schofield Barracks in Hawaii. Hmm. He was still at Schofield Barracks in Hawaii on that fateful day of December 7th, 1941. Okay, that's fucking weird because we didn't coordinate this. No. Japanese attacked. Because we're going to talk a little bit more about Pearl Harbor when it's my turn. Hmm. Fucking weird. Like, uh, hmm. Kind of got cold chills there. I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, okay. <laughs> um, he didn't take part in Pearl Harbor at all because, I mean, Schofield was, got some strafing fire, but he just wasn't. They, they didn't get anything like yeah, what the naval get, base they, Yeah, they didn't get anything like that. Um, subsequently, before this, he actually had obtained uh, an OCS commission. Officer Candidate School Commission. Um, He volunteered repeatedly for combat during World War II, but remained assigned as a stateside training officer because they said that he was too valuable. That's bullshit. Let the dude fight. Well, by this time, he had become a first lieutenant. Um, At the end of the war, he would resign his commission and return to Washington and started working as a local lumber mill. Oh, that's that's way more exciting than go, yeah. being able to go fight the Japanese, well, which is what he really wanted to do. He wanted to do it, but he was told not to. That's bullshit. He couldn't do it. So, uh, he did, however, 
re-enlist because oh, they were gonna say he fought the Japanese at his lumber mill. Yes, he did. <laughs> well, there is technically a lot of Japanese in Washington. Get the fuck out of here, Hide. Start your own lumber company. <laughs> he he did he found that the lumber being working on the lumber mill, which just wasn't his shit. It wasn't was it wasn't his thing. You know, he no. didn't like it at all. No. Um he re-enlisted and he tried to be re-enlist um as um, a lieutenant, but because of the war effort, because this was like well, Korea had was getting to ramp up, right? Um, they said, you know, we just have too many, so no, we don't really need you. And he's like, all right, well, <laughs> fuck you then. I'll re-enlist as a private. Yeah, fuck you guys, I'm resetting it. <laughs> yep. And he requested airborne training. And then a combat, and then, um, and a combat assignment when the Korea Korean War began. Um, he rose quickly to the rank of master sergeant. I fucking wonder why. Yes. <clears throat> well, when you he when, he remembered all the answers to all the tests. A B C, <laughs> uh, C B D, yeah. A A B C. I'm a lieutenant now. Fuck you, <laughs> <laughs> son of a bitch. No, you're a master sergeant. Damn. <laughs> Whatever it works. You remembered how many toothpicks they they dropped in that one question. We had to try to figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because first time around, it took him a long time. He didn't have it. He didn't have his powers built up. So it's, he could it's slow like time being him. held back a grade in school. Yeah, because like you go back the next year and you're like, oh fuck this. I I remember all this shit. I had to skate through and still pass. Yeah, exactly what he did. So he skated up the ladder. Yeah, I don't know if he can skate up a ladder, uh, but I think he did. Yeah. Climbed yeah. a ladder with skates on. You got it. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of this. What he did to deserve the Medal of Honor. And I'm going to say that when I read this, I had to read it twice because I was like, usually I, when I when I research, I kind of like, I told telling Kevin this, I don't usually like, like to read all through the whole thing of what he did. I like to like just go through it. As I'm, Pick you know, your own adventure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just kind of like, you know, as I go along, I'll, I'll, you know, each each paragraph or whatever, I'll get everything down. And I, as I go through, I'll go, wow, okay, I want to know more. Okay, keep going, you know, write, put my notes down and everything else, you know, going back and forth, back and forth between everything. Well, this time I found myself just entranced. And I was like, oh, for sure. Holy shit. Same on my end this time. I was like, oh, shit. You know, holy <clears throat> shit. This guy fucked things up. And I, I was like, okay. I, I was reading along. I was like, all right. So this is what he won the Medal of Honor for or was awarded the Medal of Honor for. No, it continued. Okay, this is what it is. No, it continues. Okay, this is it. No, there's one more thing. Oh, okay. So... It wasn't just that one, that one, or that one. It's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but, okay. So, anyway, without further ado, uh, this is. I'm going to, before you get going, over, under, <clears throat> I'm going to guess here, four wounds. I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the just under. I'm going to call it four. Ooh. Okay. This is his actual, um, citation was for why you know for what was written to get to make him rewarded the the medal of honor it starts off first lieutenant wilson distinguished himself by conceptuous gallantry and indomitable courage above and beyond the call of duty in in action against the enemy company one was committed to attack and secure commanding terrain subordinately defended by or stubbornly defended by a numerically superior hostile force and placed in a well-fortified position. When the spearheading element was pinned down by withering hostile fire, he dashed forward and firing his rifle and throwing grenades neutralized the the position denying the advance and killed four enemy soldiers meaning uh, some machine guns. Now... What he was using for a weapon was a M4. They didn't have M4s back then. 
In Korea? Yeah. No. It wasn't a, a Garan. It wasn't an M4. No. Uh, M14, maybe. M14, sorry. <clears throat> and that's But that's not a submachine gun. No. Uh, no, 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 no. He, he took... Oh, the uh, dickheads had submachine guns. Some machine guns. Oh, okay. Probably some Chinese-made yeah. bullshit. I'm sorry, M14. Yes, yeah. you're correct. He probably had the M14. One fire fucking around. Pow, pow, pow. Oh. Well, those those did go full auto. Well, I bet you he, these didn't because this was early in the war. Wow. Um, so after the assault platoon moved up, occupied the position, and a base of fire was established. Now, see that first one? I Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. I'm stopping where I should be just jumping ahead. But I kind of thought, okay, that was the first time. All right. So this guy charged out ahead, killed four soldiers. Yep. You know, advanced the position and and, and took it. Yeah. Bronze I mean, star. Eh, maybe silver star. But I was like, okay. Try harder. Bronze star awarded. <laughs> <laughs> well. It's like some Dance Dance Revolution bullshit. Yeah. So after the assault, the platoon moved up, occupied the position, and a base of fire was established. He led a uh, bayonet attack, which reduced the objective and killed, <laughs> and killed approximately 27 hostile soldiers. Jesus Christ. When friendly forces were consolidating, the newly won gain... Yeah, the enemy launched a counterattack, and First Lieutenant Wilson, realizing the intimate, intimate threat, in, um, imminent. Yes. Yeah. Uh, hold on, let me write that again. <clears throat> while friendly fire, while friendly forces were consolidating the newly won area, the enemy launched a counterattack, and First Lieutenant Wilson, realizing the Im- imminent. God damn, I can't say that word. Imminent. Yes, Continue. what he said. <laughs> Threat of being overrun made it a determined lone man charge, killing seven and wounding two of the enemy. Huh. And, oh, and re- was he still just using a bayonet at this point in time? Just a fucking gun spear and just killing seven people? And um, I guess. Imagine he just like sticks one dude in the chest, fucking butt strokes another one, pulls yeah. the bayonet out, hits another guy with a butt, fucking stabs another guy in the face. Well, so he, um, he, so yeah, he killed seven, wounded two of the enemy, and routing the remainder in disorder. Jesus Christ. So he basically pushed them off. He's like, yeah, ha you motherfuckers. They're like, the fuck oh, out of here. Crazy American. <laughs> Throwing rocks at him and shit. Yeah. After the position was organized, he led an assault carrying, uh, to approximately 15 yards of the final objective. When enemy fire halted the advance, he ordered the platoon to withdraw, and although painfully wounded in his, in his action, remained to provide a covering fire. During an ensuing counterattack, the commanding officer and the first platoon leader became casualties. Unhesitantly, First Lieutenant Wilson charged the enemy ranks and fought violently, killing three enemy soldiers with his rifle before it was arrested from his hands and annihilating four others with his trenching tool. I'm sorry? Yes. <clears throat> this guy has four. Is this the same guy we're talking about before or is this the yes. second guy? He has four confirmed kills with a motherfucking shovel. Yes. So <clears throat> let's go back through it. So far, he has, um, let's see. We've got at least seven uh, on this single charge. Four with four, a shovel, uh, so that's 11. Let's see. He killed four enemies Yep. in the first charge. Okay, so Okay. Eight. So then after he, he moved up, occupied. Um, so they between all of them. So we count they, the they four killed, in the initial shot. Yeah. The four with a shovel and then another seven. And then the four with a shovel. Okay. That's, uh, that's 15 but, no, dudes. No, well, no, no, hold on. So he killed four. Um, he killed seven. After the, after, um, they had actually launched another counterattack okay. in the in between him and his platoon, they killed twenty seven. But we're not gonna, you know, we'll we'll, we'll figure we'll him s- in for another five there. Okay, we'll say five. <laughs> so he's up to nine at this point. Yep. All right. Now he then uh, realizes the threat. Did the lone man charge? Mm-hmm. Killed seven. 
Okay. Okay. So he's up to 16, 16. now. But he's at an even 20 with a shovel. 16 with two wounded. Okay. And then... So he's got 16 kills, two assists. Yes, two like assists. He, He's real close to calling in a gunship at this point. He is. <laughs> he is definitely coming close. So then... Kills three engaged. Of course, this is pre-UAVs, so... Does, yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're close to... Well, this is pre-UAV, so we can't do that. You know, uh, maybe a helicopter recon? Maybe. I don't know. Possibly. Mortar rounds. Did they have helicopters in Korea? Yeah, yeah. they did. But we're going... Mash! I'm retarded. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> but we're going... We're going... We're calling in mortar rounds, okay? Heavy artillery. Okay. Okay, it's coming in soon. So, so he's got the 16 kills himself, two assists. No, we're calling, we'll call those, those are the wounded. He then killed three more, putting up to 19. So, if he hits 25, he gets Tibor Rubin. He's damn near, <laughs> he is close. Because... Tibor so Rubin has he, entered the battlefield. <laughs> he had the three with his rifle and then went for another four. So, motherfucker. 20, 21, 22, 23. He's a 23. God damn, dude. Yeah. Uh, so 23 and two assists. That's pretty fucking Fuck, good. Fuck, dude. And no deaths. Yeah. 23, 0, and 2. Oh, a wound. <laughs> he's got a wound. Well, he's not dead, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his so you don't fucking respawn in Korea. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it! The cooldown time is ridiculous. I wait fucking ten seconds to respawn. This is bullshit. Yeah. I wanted more grenades. The but fucking I couldn't Korean have those. War is being fought by a bunch of fifteen-year-old kids in their basement. But dude, dude, <laughs> you should have seen it. I had, I had to, I all my ammo, I spent it all. All my clips were gone. He killed one guy with a throwing shovel. And then I had to, I had to bring out my trench tool, this goddamn stupid shovel. I didn't think it was going to work, but guess what? I killed four of those sons of bitches. I knocked the Kung Pao chicken out of that motherfucker. Because <laughs> <laughs> realistically, in North Korea, in Korea, they weren't necessarily just fighting Koreans. They no, were also fighting, fighting the fucking too. red Chinese. Yeah. So More so Chinese than... So it's not racist that I said he knocked a Kung Pao chicken out of a guy. It's accurate. That's true. <laughs> so <laughs> back to the his, the his combination. Now, question here, though. Yes. After he killed all those Chinese, was he like hungry to kill more of them like 10 minutes later? Oh, I don't know. Or did they give him diarrhea? <laughs> <laughs> Too much MSG. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, okay. So he's got the 23... And two, and he's got a wound. So, his courageous uh, delaying actions enabled his comrades to reorganize and effect an or, uh, orderly withdrawal. While directing evacuation of the wounded, he suffered a second wound. I'm assuming to one of his giant balls. Yeah. Okay. But elected to remain on the position until assured that all of the men had reached safety. First yeah. Lieutenant Wilson sustained valor and intrepid actions reflect uh, utmost credit upon himself and uphold the honored traditions of the military service. I ain't going anywhere. There's more Koreans to kill. Yeah. This is Clint Eastwood's character from Gran Torino. Probably. Except yeah. he, this guy, well, this guy was probably calling them swamp rats too. So, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this hill that they attacked would actually be later on uh, dubbed Hell Hill. What the fuck was it with Korea and Vietnam fighting over hills? I don't know. It's like, was it, did it have something to do maybe with, like, radio frequency? Where you had to get up higher to get good, like, good yeah. connection or something? Or, yeah. I, obviously, you want the high ground. I mean, Obi-Wan taught us that. Well, plus also for artillery. Right. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, you know, they had more artillery then because you had fucking fire and long yeah. range. And I think, uh, see, now my th thought, remembering back to MASH, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that Hell Hill was mentioned. I'm pretty sure it probably was. I'm pretty sure it was. Well, speaking yeah. of drunk surgeons. Well, anyway. Well, great show, though. He would not stay down for long. Of course not. Because four days later, on June 6th, June 9th of 1951, when his company was engaged again in close combat, he left the security of the rear and charged forward with his men with still fresh wounds. Of course he did. He ain't no bitch. <laughs> yeah. Pinned down by heavy army fire, enemy fire, he again 
led another charge directly into the face of the enemy. Killed 78 more Chinese. <laughs> it was only in wounds from from just days before prior burst open that he oh, was taken Jesus from the battlefield. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> gross. Now, the officers knew... My chest holes! <laughs> Yes. Oh. So the officers knew of his previous actions and didn't feel that he should be awarded a second medal of honor. They're like, eh, motherfucker, you got one. Don't be greedy, bitch. Yeah, but you also don't get secondary purple hearts for popping your fucking wounds open. No. That's, but- I, I was going to say, that if they did that, that's bullshit, and those should be revoked, <laughs> because all he did was re-earned the same ones that he well, had. Listen, he didn't, I'm not saying he... Got wounded again. His wounds reopened. No, but what I'm saying is, like, with the wounds reopening, they're like, mm. so you know some fucking pencil pusher sitting there just going, now, do we do another purple heart? Or is it because of a pre-existing condition? No. Hmm. I no. think I, I got to start selling insurance when I get back, I think, though. No. Know what they gave him? The, the, the distinguished, One of these. <laughs> no, they gave him the distinguished, distinguished service cross. Okay. Fair enough. And, well... He would, he actually has passed away, and he actually passed away in 1988. Let me ask you a question. White dude? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just making sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so. In his uh, in his picture that uh, they have, that I saw of him, had, um, uh, he had his whole uniform on, and he had glasses on, and they would be referred to as, uh, what the fuck was the term for it? Birth control glasses. Yes. Because nobody gets fucked wearing those things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> think so, think cowboy in yeah, fucking yes. metal, full metal jacket. Yes. The only reason I ask if he was white is because my guy similarly did some things, but unfortunately racism was a factor <laughs> as, well, yeah. as to what happened with him. So. so, yeah, that was Benjamin Wilson. Dude, what a fucking psycho. Yeah. I'm glad he was on our side. So you imagine if there was a Chinese Benjamin Wilson during that war? I know. Just out there with a, I don't know. There probably was. Some kind of Chinese fucking polearm or something just skewering fucking Americans. So the final tally for him was 23, two two assists, and two wounds. Hey, man. And his team still fucking lost. I know. (laughs) I had a yeah. great round, and my team still fucking lost. He, he had a fucking. Good I'm gonna game. try it again in Vietnam, but uh. I mean, he, he he well he tried it again for you know, you know only like four days later, but fucking got you know his dinner was ready, so he had yeah. to stop and go back. Yeah, he's like, oh come on, mom, I'll be back on guys. <laughs> wow, they, what they, a... never, they never came back. Yeah, they were like that motherfucker. He switched he over to Ghost Recon. Back. <laughs> uh, I'm not with Call of Duty for now. I'm gonna play Ghost Recon. I'm gonna sneak around and kill Chinese. <laughs> Dude, what a fucking lunatic, though. Yes. For real. Goddamn. Okay. So, we want to take a break here? Yeah, we, we probably start? should. <laughs> All right. So, we'll take a break here. I and... need a break because, goddamn. Yeah. That was exciting. Yes. That's why I was like, like fucking down and dirty, but holy shit, did he do some stuff? He did. Goddamn. Anyway. Yeah. So, we'll take a break here and we'll come back with uh, Kevin's yeah. badass. And we're back. Okay. So, a little bit of crossover here because. Uh, uh, the gentleman I'm going to be talking about was actually born in Hawaii. Hawaii. Uh, his name was Daniel Inouye. He was born September 7th, 1924. Samoan? No. To Japanese immigrant parents in Honolulu, Hawaii. Oh. This guy came from a long heritage of just bad motherfuckers because he can trace his heritage back to his great-grandfather, Samurai? Who was a legit, honest-to-goodness fucking samurai. Yeah. Nice. So, but then, you know. Well, I mean, samurai didn't go back that far. I mean. No, like, was, back into was, the 1800s. Like the, oh. Like, the mid-1800s, yeah. Oh, wow. Dude. Like, legit. Like, he, his, his great-grandfather was a legit samurai. Like, wow. the family had the armor and shit to prove it. <laughs> well, because, I mean, right up until World War II, there actually still was samurai. Yeah, it wasn't the same, though. Last Samurai was kind of like 18. That was like after our Civil War. So it was like late, like 1860s, 1870s when they finally entered, like when whites showed up and gave them guns and fucked everything up. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so his grandfather actually had to move from Japan 
to pay off a family debt because his house had actually caught on fire and burned down three other homes, which caused a grand total of, I shit you not, $400 in damage. Well, $400 at the time was a lot of money. So he had to leave Japan over a $400 bill. <laughs> I dishonored my family. You've dishonored your family. Go away. I need to. So Daniel's mother and father... Oh, man, I'm so sorry. Hayataro and Kame owned a home on... Kame! (laughs) Hey, that's racist. Stop that. What? Goku's white. (laughs) He was not. He fucking sure is. Goku's Japanese. He's actually not. He's actually... um, um, He's a space ape. Yes. Yeah. So there. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So his his parents owned a home on Coin Street in a neighbor uh, in a neighborhood called Binghamton uh, in Honolulu. Uh, it had a much more interesting nickname. It was called Chinese Hollywood. This was because there was a, a whole bunch of Chinese families in the area, and I kind of wonder if you know all the Japanese people that lived there kind of got lumped in as you know quote the Chinese too. You know, because racism and shit. Now, this was... When was this? Oh, this is in the... uh, He was born in 1924. Okay. But he was born in the United States. So, were his... I'm probably jumping the his, gun. His father, his his father was born here. I don't know about his mother. His well, father was definitely born yeah, here as well. I, I'm, I know. I'm probably, yeah, yeah. probably going to jump the gun. And you, you know... Oh, I can like, edit hey, this shit out. Up, but did his... um Because of him being Japanese... Did his did he or his parents go to the no they didn't go to sleepaway camp internment camp no. camp they they didn't go to summer camp no no oh, okay um well, just just curious because I mean it did happen to a lot of Japanese that was mostly mainland Japanese though a lot of the time okay um so Daniel was the oldest of the four kids of the Inoue clan and the family assimilated into the into U S culture like. Instantly, when they got here, they fucking all, you know, apple pie, baseball, they became Americans. Yep. Fucking good on it, you know? Yep. Um, so the community was kind of strange because obviously you're in the United States, you grow up, you grow up speaking English, but you're in a Japanese neighborhood. So during the day, he would attend an English speaking high school. And then at night, he would go to a Japanese speaking school. I, um, that's not the only time that something like that's happened. Right. I've heard, I've heard of like, uh, um, uh, like not so much school, but like church-wise stuff or something. Where oh, people, right. sure, sure. People have gone, you know, like, oh, okay, we're gonna go to a this church that speaks English, but then we're gonna go to uh, like a German or something or right. whatever, you know, crowd church, huh? Crowd church. Yeah. Um, <laughs> later on at night, or we're going to, you know, go to this school, but then we're also going to learn this. Right. So, so yeah. he graduated from McKinley High School in 1941. You see where we're going here? Not a great year to be Japanese in Hawaii. Mm. So December 7th, 1941, shortly after he graduated high school, a thing happened in Hawaii Probably heard about it. Nope. Bunch of Japanese guys in planes. <clears throat> oh. Being dickheads. Uh, the huh. Japanese Imperial Navy attacked nah, Pearl Harbor. Wait a minute. First off, A, they weren't being dickheads. They kind of were, though. <laughs> okay, fine. But listen, it took balls to do what they did. Not really. Believe it or not, I, I did a little bit of research into the Kamikaze program. Um. So... I didn't realize this. They were not forced to do it. You were handed a pamphlet with one multiple choice question. It said, do you desire earnestly wish or do not wish to participate in the program? You'd circle your question. You circle your answer, hand it back into your uh, superior officer. And depending on what your answer was, you either went into the kamikaze program or you went back to your regular unit. So, but, like, all the stories are like, oh, they chained these guys into planes and they doped them all up on meth no. and shit. Not true. No, no, no. But it, These guys willingly chose to kill themselves. No, but like I said, it still bring it still takes balls to do what they did. But it also, it brought honor. Right. People don't realize that it, it's 
you know, if, if it got back that you did, you chose not to do this, it's almost a dishonor to your family. <laughs> well, But some of them actually had brought dishonor to their family because they did not crash. Yeah. They pulled up out. So if you return, if you decided to join the kamikaze program and you returned from two missions alive, you were executed immediately for cowardice. Because they're like, oh, so you you pussied out, huh? Well, guess what? Guess who doesn't pussy out? This motherfucker with a sword. Get him, Hensel. <laughs> but they probably did, you know, uh, they allowed him to do, uh, what is it? Uh, oh, dude, there, there there's pictures of these guys being executed on the runway just outside of their planes for returning. Yeah, but it was probably, uh, what should we call it? Uh, uh, seppuku? Seppuku. No, no, just kneel and we are going to cut your fucking head off. Really? Not oh, yeah. No, no, no honor no. in it. No. You're, you, oh, you're going to die honor. like a pussy because you lived honor, like huh? one. Yeah. Oh, it's wow. fucking like there was a pic, there was a picture that I found of a guy getting he's on his knees just outside of his plane with his hands behind his back. He's still got his helmet on and the guy's got the fucking sword over him. So you didn't get a chance to even like grab a coffee. Oh, wow. Your ass was dead there. Wow. Yeah. Well, as uh, Morimoto, I think it was Morimoto. No, who was it? Said Emperor Hirohito. Hirohito, or no, no, it was Emperor Hirohito. It was Morimoto, or one of those ones was like. After the whole thing happened, he was like, I believe we've woken a sleeping giant. Yeah. And, you know, he made knew it was a mistake. We can't attempt a, a mainland invasion. There'll be a rifle behind every blade of grass. Which translates from Japanese to English as, we fucked up. Yeah. Bad idea. I mean, they did, they actually did make it to, um, planes made it to mainland. Yeah, they no, they weren't going to try, like, an, like, an actual out assault. amphibious no. assault because no. they would have got their dicks handed to yeah. them. Um, so the, obviously the Japanese are fucking hardcore. Yeah. They, you know, we've, we've talked about some of the other shit that they did during world war two. Uh-huh. And there's another program that we're going to talk about that the Japanese were held during world war two. <gasps> that is graphic. Yeah. That one. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. during the attack, there were 2,403 American casualties and Daniel, who was 17 at the time was among the civilian population that jumped into action and offered medical assistance to the wounded. Nice. He spent the better part of five full days with almost no sleep at the local Red Cross offering any kind of help and support, donating blood, anything he could do to try to help. Uh Fucking good old American boy. So in the early months of 1942, the U.S. government placed a ban on Japanese Americans joining the military. There was a lot of fears that they would put their cultural heritage before their country. Yep. As much as that's a shitty thing to do, I think part of it is they kind of learned from some people that left the United States to return to the fatherland to fight. Well, they weren't the only ones that did it, though. Right. You know what I mean, though? But they're kind of like... The Germans did it, too. That's what I'm saying. There was Germans that left the United States, went returned to Germany to fight the United States. So I think they kind of learned their lesson there, and they're like, we don't want to fucking – no, no, we're not going to do it. Well, I mean, the same time this was happening, I mean, both of them were, you know, doing it. Yeah. Um, Japanese Americans were classified on a form as 4-C, undraftable, enemy alien. Even if you were born here, enemy alien, yep. no longer applicable to become a combatant for the United States. This didn't stop Daniel because during that whole time where this band was on, he he tried to enlist twice under false names. And they're like, you look a little bit too Japanese for our liking right now, bud. Sorry. <laughs> um, so... Oh, and also at the same time, he was attending the University of Hawaii at Manoa for pre-med. <laughs> so he's not a stupid guy. No. Um, so in 1943, he was actually at a gathering, um, and it was announced that the ban had been enlisted. Uh, I'm sorry, the ban had been lifted for Japanese Americans on enlistment. Here's a quote from the man himself. As soon as Colonel Clark said that we were now eligible to volunteer... The room exploded into a fury of yells and emotion. We went bursting out of there and ran, ran, ran. 
the three miles to the draft board. Stringing back out over the streets and sidewalks, jostling for position like a bunch of marathoners going berserk. And at the scene, we repeated, uh, and as the scene was repeated all over Oahu and other islands, nearly a thousand Nisei, who, well, I'll get into that in a second, um, volunteered the first day alone. And maybe because I was in better shape than most of them and ran harder, I was among the first 75. Um, so that term that I just used there, Nisei, is a Japanese term for second generation. Okay. So it was a term they gave themselves. Like, yep. you know, yep. just a little bit easier, I guess. So when he got to the enlistment office, again, was told, you're too valuable to enlist because he was actually working as an EMT. So he went home, quit his job, and went back to the recruiting office. He didn't give a fuck. He didn't give a fuck about his job. He wanted to defend his country. Yep. This... <laughs> So, um, he would, he and just about every other Japanese American that in, um, it well pretty much in general, were all kind of segregated into the 442nd regimental combat unit, which is a fairly, uh, small unit. It's got a, at the, the height of it, it was about 45,000 men. Yeah. Um, and they were all Japanese Americans. So obviously we can't have these guys go to Japan because, you know, once they get there, we all know that they're going to turn on us because that's what they do. Well, of course. So we're going to send them to fight the fucking Germans. Ah. Yeah. But before that, <laughs> we got to train these guys, right? So they were all transferred to Camp Shelby, which is in Mississippi. And the guys that <laughs> this is this is kind of fucking weird. I almost didn't want to put this in here. Because it's uh, it's kind of a shitty thing to do. <laughs> but um, there was a couple of terms of endearment that were used for these guys. Uh, the guys from the mainland were called con- uh, uh, Kotonks. And the guys from Hawaii were referred to as Buddha heads. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because we can't just be like, hey, fucking you, last name. Even, even though they're Shinto. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it it was the fucking 40s, dude. <laughs> Dumbasses. Yeah. You don't know your Lucky gut. they weren't calling them just Japs or Slants or whatever the fuck they called them. Yeah. I mean, considering you look at some of the propaganda posters from back then oh, where they were Jesus. all like buck-toothed vampires with tiny little eyes and giant glasses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I- Vietnam didn't get any better. Yeah. Everybody thought the Germans were real bad with what they did on posters with Jews. Yeah. We weren't much nicer to the Japanese. No. But, I mean, the Germans also didn't nuke the Jews. But <sighs> eh, sort of. technically, I guess. Sort of did. <laughs> so these guys would be shipped off to Europe to fight the Nazis, again, like we said, because obviously we can't have them fighting the Japanese. We don't want to uh-huh. get our uh-huh. guys confused with theirs. Of course. I mean, it's... Next yeah. thing you know, we come back and some motherfucker's like speaking all Japanese and he's like, I got turned around. I don't know what the fuck I am. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, so they were. Uh, OK, so the 442nd would see their first combat in the fall of 1944. Sergeant at the time, Daniel Inouye and his boys were sent on what the higher ups most likely considered a suicide run for these guys. And they really didn't give a fuck because. You know, Japanese guys. Who gives a fuck? Expendable. Exactly. Um, They were sent to rescue a group. They were sent to rescue a group of Texas National Guardsmen that would later become known as the Lost Battalion. Uh, They were part of the 1st Battalion. uh, I'm sorry. They were the 1st Battalion of the 141st Infantry Division. um, And they'd been surrounded for weeks by the Germans. Um, Many an attempt had been made to rescue and they had all failed. Until the 442nd showed up and spent about five days fighting the Germans and eventually got up there and rescued a bunch of Texans. Wow. Could you imagine being these dudes that have been fucking captured, like basically captured, (laughs) and uh, like, oh, shit, the Germans are all gone, and you've obviously been hearing about what's been going on, and then all of a sudden, a bunch of Japanese guys are running at you. Probably be like, what the fuck is going on? How the fuck did they get to France? Yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, I'm sure that they were, like, fucking awesome. Sweet. Thanks, guys, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. 
Um, oh, and I forgot to mention that during his charge up the hill to try to rescue the Texans, he was shot in the chest, but the bullet was actually stopped by two sil- uh, silver dollars that were stacked in his front shirt pocket. He carried those two silver dollars with him for the rest of the war as a good luck charm. Wow. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, he lost them shortly before his next action, and it kind of shows. <laughs> and for his actions during this attack, he, uh, he was awarded the Bronze Star and was promoted to second lieutenant. Uh-huh. Uh, he said... <laughs> This this was kind of funny. He said the best part about his promotion was that since his weapon was damaged during the battle and he'd been promoted, he was issued a fancy, shiny, brand new Thompson machine gun. Ooh. Also, uh, during the charge, he shot a German in the ankle and blew his fucking foot off, which he thought was kind of fun. <laughs> this guy. Yeah. So after the failed suicide mission, our Japanese American friends took a little trip to Italy where they fought, surprise, surprise, more Germans. Because at this point in time, the Italians had pretty much all gotten home, killed killed Mussolini, and had a glass of wine or six. Uh So the Germans, on the other hand, were enjoying their vacation in the Italian countryside until Lieutenant Daniel Inouye showed up. Oh, Giuseppe. Yeah. Can you mix bratwurst and spaghetti? Yeah. Huh, okay. I'm hungry now, though. Fuck. You can put bratwurst in spaghetti. Why can't you? I don't know. Slice it up, bitch. Put it in there. I know you can't mix fucking sauerkraut and pasta sauce, though. No, bratwurst is it's, it's just sausage. Oh. oh, sauerkraut on chicken parm. <laughs> Ruined two perfectly good foods. April 21st, 1945. Daniel and his guys were charged with flanking and attacking a heavily fortified and defended uh, German location near San Taranzo called Cole Musatello, I'm going to go with. Love it. He led his men uphill where they captured an outpost, a mortar team, and an artillery position. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Whatever. So as they continue uphill to kill more Germans, because there are still more Germans up this hill that need to be killed. Well, of course. <laughs> uh, he and his squad found themselves out in the open. 40 yards away from three machine gun nests where the Germans had them pinned down with MG-42s. He and his guys got as low as they could. Didn't really find a lot of cover, but they found some concealment behind some larger rocks and stuff. Um, And after ordering his men to provide cover, he stood to try to uh, provide some harassing fire and grenades to distract the Germans Uh and was shot in the stomach. The round passed through his torso and exited his back less than an inch from his spine. This made him mad. (laughs) The medic with him told him, you should probably be sent back down for medical attention. And then he told the medic that he would probably need medical attention if he didn't shut the fuck up. (laughs) Um, He got up and charges the machine gun nest again, throws a couple of grenades into one of them and kills all the Germans inside. Oh, and then he was shot by a sniper. Motherfucker. Again, just made him mad. Um, he starts yelling for his guys to follow him. Um, and as he's running to the second machine gun nest, he throws a couple of grenades and passes out from blood loss. Because he's probably, what, shot by a Mauser or something? He, uh, probably an 8mm round, at the least, by yeah. the, from the sniper. I was uh, say either an 8 or a 7. Yeah. It's probably a Mauser. It's a sizable you know. chunk of yeah. hot lead to be shot through your body. And also, he was shot with a fucking belt-fed machine gun in the stomach. So he, uh, <laughs> with the other men in his, in his squad drawing, uh, drawing fire from the third nest, he regains consciousness and starts crawling towards the third nest with his guys, grenade in hand. <laughs> uh, right about here is where his luck starts to run out. I think he has lost his coins at this point. Uh-huh. Daniel gets within 10 feet of the bunker, rises to his knees, pulls the pin in the grenade, pulls the pin with his left hand. He's a righty. Uh-huh. Pulls the pin with his left hand. He's got it in his right hand. And as he's hauling back to throw it, there's a, uh, a German in the bunker that pops up and shoots him in the arm. Ah. Uh, here's the problem. 
He shot him in the arm with a 30 millimeter Scheisenbecker rifle grenade. <laughs> so these are those long grenades that they used to put on the end of a rifle. Um, and they had uh, wooden slugs that would go into the magazine that were, it was basically a bullet, but it was wood. You'd pull the trigger, it hit the primer, it'd fire the wood out, it hit the thing, prime it, and launch the grenade. Um, so these things are range sensitive, so they don't explode that close. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, the uh, the grenade hits him right about in the elbow. Ow! Oh! And uh, broke that motherfucker. Remember I, remember I said the grenade was, was in his right hand? Ah. The, uh, the, the grenade fired from the rifle reached him almost instantly, but didn't detonate again. It actually ripped through the bone, muscle, and skin and pretty much amputated his arm via, <laughs> via blunt force trauma. Uh, at this point in time, the only thing holding the top and bottom halves of his arm together is a flap of skin his uniform sleeve, and hatred of the Germans. Daniel had one of the most insane quotes. I'm so happy that I get to read this on the show. Uh, he says, quote, I was in pain, under fire, and now staring at a live grenade clenched in a fist that no longer belonged to me. <laughs> so when, hit, when the grenade hit his arm Tell and me he severed his- it, Tell me he throws his arm. Oh, God damn it. I wish he threw his whole arm. Oh. But he didn't. Fuck! <laughs> so he gets back into cover, and he's got a dead fucking hand wrapped around a live fucking grenade with no pin in it. He has no more pin here because he pulled it and threw it, thinking, yeah, yeah. I'm going to throw a fucking grenade. Yeah, now, yeah, I'm going to yeah. pull a pin and get shot in the goddamn arm yeah. with a fucking grenade. Yeah. Um, so he gets into cover, pries his hand open, keeps the spoon <laughs> depressed, Throws that motherfucker with his left hand. Just as the German has reloaded his rifle with actual rounds, he threw it through the firing slit, dropped it, killed two Germans inside with a grenade. Um, mm. <laughs> so. Wait a minute. Hold on. What, what are we up to for tally on this guy? Uh, he's a, he's at probably six at this point. Oh, he don't. didn't kill as many, right. but right. son of a bitch, did Listen, he do a he, hurt? He's getting points. He's getting points. For sure. There, you know. So, thinking that the bunker's been cleared, because he just fucking whipped a grenade into it, he steps into the bunker with his right arm swinging around like a thing that just kind of swings around, and he had his uh, his Thompson in his left hand, so he was, you know, he went southpaw, switched yep, yep. up goofy foot, um, which also, not left-handed, so, <laughs> um, continues through the bunker and kills bare minimum one more German, one-handed, with a fully automatic forty-five caliber submachine gun. So he kind of turns corner and gets shot again, this time in the leg, falls out of the bunker, and down to the bottom of the goddamn ridge that they have just run up. So a group of his men break off the assault, and they rush to his aid, I'm assuming expecting to find a broken and bullet-riddled corpse at the bottom of it. Yeah. Um, he got up there. They, they got to him. He woke up, and I, sw- I the only thing I could picture is they got there, and he sat up like the fucking Undertaker. Just, just sat up. Um, and he said to his men, quote, go back to your positions. Nobody called off the war. <laughs> I fucking love this guy. Oh, son of a bitch. So, after the assault's complete... <laughs> Talk about fucking balls. He's like, fuck you. Get back there and fight. Bunch of pussies. All right, listen. Listen. He, he, he's getting style points, okay? Oh, you're worried about me? Fag, go back and fight. <laughs> you're worried about the Japanese guy, huh? Yeah. Oh. All of a sudden, the Japanese sudden. are people. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you. So, after the assault was completed, um... Obviously, he didn't participate in the rest of it because he just fell off a fucking mountain. (laughs) Um, Come on now. He was brought back to a field hospital to be treated for his, at this point, five wounds. Uh, Oh, yeah. Here's where it kind of sucks. They amputated what was left of his arm with no painkillers because the medics thought that if they gave him morphine, it would thin his blood out too much and he would bleed to death. 
Makes sense. They didn't realize that he didn't actually have any blood anymore. All that pumped through his body was patriotism and hatred. And that's what kept him alive. So I bleed America. Yeah. So obviously it's hard for a one-armed man to go back and fight more Germans. He did remain in the army until 1947 when he was honorably discharged. Fucking obviously. I think this guy could have killed, you know, a bushel of hookers at that point. That'd have been like, good guy. (laughs) I'd say he's fine. Uh, At least, at least. So at the time of his discharge, he held the rank of captain and had been awarded a bronze star, a purple heart, and a distinguished service cross for his actions. After the loss of his arm, he had to abandon his other post-war plan, which was to finish medical school and become a fucking surgeon. Because, again, hard to do surgery with one arm. You know. I mean. Instead, he went to college and studied a much more dangerous. He went down a much more dangerous path than being a surgeon. He, under the GI Bill, earned a bachelor arts degree in political sciences from the University of Hawaii in 1950. He then went on to Washington uh, to George Washington University Law School and graduated in 1953. He then returned to Hawaii and was elected to the Hawaiian Territorial House of Representatives, where he was almost instantly elected majority leader, uh, out of fear from his peers, I'm assuming. Probably. <laughs> we don't fuck with the one-armed <laughs> descendant of a samurai. Yes. <laughs> Motherfuckers, uh, badass. So he served two terms there and was, uh, and in 1957 was elected to Hawaii, uh, the Hawaii Territorial Senate, where midway through his first term, uh, Hawaii became a state. Yeah, because that was what, 1950 something? 19, I think it was like 59 when it became something a state. Like that, yeah. Um, because they became a state. trying to think it was either before alaska or after. it was after they, they were they were the last one yeah. um last one for now as of recording we only have 50 sits uh we technically could have 51 yeah i mean it's just puerto rico got off their ass listen <laughs> the only reason we can't take puerto rico as a state is because if they do that then the united states will win the world baseball classic from here until the end of time who gives a shit about that and also, the wrestlers like, are super fucking violent. That was like a thing one time. <laughs> they still do it. Yeah, but it's not like big time. <sighs> Whatever. Because you know why? The Puerto Ricans win it every single year. Or the Dominicans. Same difference, though. I mean. It's one of the two. Yeah. Because they are they fucking dominate baseball. They, they eat, sheet, sh- eat, yeah, eat I think sheet. <laughs> they eat shit they and eat, play baseball. <laughs> <laughs> they eat sheet. <laughs> they eat sleep. Shit, piss, whatever, baseball. Well, it's like it's like Mexicans with boxing. Don't fuck with Mexicans boxing. Bad idea. Yeah, but Mexicans almost do the same thing with, I mean, well, a lot of their sports, like soccer, baseball. Right, you know. but boxing is a real big one. True. I mean, I believe Canelo's Mexican, and he's a fucking monster. I don't think he's ever, I don't think he's lost a fight yet. Uh, Canelo? Yeah. Uh, he's a bad he's... motherfucker one way or the other. Uh, I don't know. Um... <clears throat> So, obviously, like I said, midway uh, through, they became a state, uh-huh. and he was, again, elected almost immediately to the U.S. House of Representatives as Hawaii's first official elected member. Wow. He was in Congress from 1963, United States Congress, from 1963 until 2012, <clears throat> when he passed away in December on December 17th. I find this, I found this like, kind of charming. I had to throw it in there. His final words were aloha. Because <laughs> it means hello, Ed. Goodbye. Yes. It's like, oh, okay. But in the meantime, between 1963 and 2012, he did a couple of things that maybe people have heard about. Um, he was one of the chairing, like, senior chair members for the uh, the Iran-Contra investigation, where he kicked Ollie North in the dick for a couple of months straight, <laughs> and the rest of the fucking donkeys that were involved in that mess. Um, Iran-Contra affair. Yeah. That. Dude, that could be one right there. I, I remember that. I remember Oliver North sitting on the stand, you know. Being I did questioned. not have sexual relations with that woman. That's shit. That's the wrong shit bag politician. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, in 2000, uh, in the year 2000, his Distinguished Service Medal was revoked and upgraded to a Medal of Honor for his actions. 
uh, during the charge up the hill. He was part of a ceremony where a number of Nisi were given awards that uh, that had been earned hard. They deserved everything they got. Um, but again, the reason it didn't happen is because you guessed it, they didn't look right. Uh-huh. So a lot of people, <laughs> and I, I had to throw this in. It's like a lot of people think that, you know, the U.S. government is only ever like really shit on blacks and Indians. They kind of forgot that we had an involuntary summer camp program for Japanese Americans during World War II. So... Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I also do have his Medal of Honor citation I'd like to read, if you're okay with it. Go ahead. Okay. Second Lieutenant Daniel K. Inouye distinguished himself by extraordinary heroism in action on 21st April 1945 in the vicinity of San Taranzo, Italy. While attacking a defended ridge guarded, uh, guarding an important road junction, Second Lieutenant Inouye skillfully directed his platoon through a uh, through a hail of automatic weapons and small arms fire and a swift enveloping mo- uh, movement that resulted in the capture of an artillery and mortar post and brought his men to within 40 yards of a hostile force and placed in bunkers in, oh and placed in bunkers and rock formations the enemy halted the advance with crossfire from three machine guns with complete disregard for his personal safety, Second Lieutenant Inouye crawled up the treacherous slope to within five yards of the nearest machine gun nest and hurled two grenades, destroying the emplacement. Before the enemy could retaliate, he stood up and neutralized a second machine gun nest. Although wounded by a sniper's bullet, he continued to engage other hostile positions at close range until an unexploded grenade shattered his right arm. Shattered his very fucking generous term as to what that thing did that grenade butt fucked his elbow yeah <laughs> um despite the intense pain he refused evacuation and continued to direct his pl- uh, his platoon until enemy resistance was broken and his men were again de- uh, deployed in defensive positions in the attack 25 enemy soldiers were killed and eight others captured by his gallant aggressive tactics and his indomitable leadership second lieutenant Itaway enabled his platoon to advance through formidable resistance and was instrumental in the capture of the ridge. Second Lieutenant Inouye's extraordinary heroism and devotion to duty are in keeping with the highest tradition of military service and reflect great credit on him, his unit, and the United States Army. So speaking of his unit, the 442nd Regimental Combat Team, which is what he was part of, um, is the most decorated unit of its size in the United States military history. In less than two years of combat, the the unit earned more than 18,000 awards. One more time, 18,000 awards. Wow. In less than two years. That included 9,486 Purple Hearts, 4,000 Bronze Stars, and 21 Medals of Honor. This is a crew of bad motherfuckers. Yeah. And they had something to prove. But this you, was an all-Japanese unit. All-Japanese-Americans. Yep. Yep. They were Japanese segregated into their yep. segregated into their own unit kinda because like, uh, they still couldn't be trusted. Kind of like the... the, the Harlem Hellfighters. Harlem Hellfighters. Yep. Tuskegee Airmen. Yep. Um, the... What was it? There was another... There was a regiment in... Um, that was infantry during uh, Civil War. Uh, Buffalo the, Soldiers. Yeah, the 64... 64- 64th Massachusetts Regiment yep, yep. was during the Revolutionary War, and they were all black as well. But there um, was a Civil War unit, too. Yeah. Uh, as well. Fuck. Uh, maybe, maybe it was the 64th Massachusetts. I can't remember. Um, what I really liked is, like, so obviously he's missing his right arm, you know? Yeah. Most people would have just, like, folded the sleeve up and, like, pinned it. No, this dude would walk around with his fucking empty sleeve tucked into his jacket pocket like he had his hand in it. <laughs> I was like, that's some shit I would have done. Just be like, whoop. <laughs> you know, you wake up and you're like, you talk to your wife. You're like, hey, tuck my sleeve in. Oh, and by the way, this dude was married to the same woman from like 1950 to 2000. I want to say like 2004 when she passed away and then got married again two years later when he was in his fucking 80s. But Yeah. Talk about some bad motherfuckers and a weird crossover that yeah. we didn't really expect. No, I didn't even know. No, I didn't see a, that coming. That unexpected. That was weird. But, yeah. So, uh, That's... hopefully we've started your 2021 off, right? Exactly. I hope. I so sure too. had fucking fun doing this. Me too. I, 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 
I think, uh, yeah, we definitely picked some uh, pretty good doozies. For, uh, <laughs> I mean, we're going to have to, I mean, another couple months here we'll be doing, you know, Memorial Day stuff. So, you know. We don't more. have to wait. No, <laughs> no, but, you know. And I have so many more. I know. Oh. It's crazy stuff. I yeah. have I have enough more that we could start a second podcast of just badasses. Yeah. So Pretty yeah. Shit. Anyway though. So yeah. So with that said, speaking of badasses, yes. Go over to studio.com and check them out. Um, they have headphones, earbuds, Bluetooth speakers, speakers uh, earbuds variety are a variety from you know, what and what you want. Earbuds galore. Yes. Um, also. I don't know if you if you don't get newsletters from them if you haven't ordered anything, uh, they are coming out soon with a brand new product. Yeah, it's like all mysterious looking and yeah. shit. I I believe it's an earbud from the look of it. Possibly, hopefully, or it's a headphone. It nice. looks like an earbud to me. Yeah, they're they're more for their earbuds. But, um, I have to say, I've had the Ets for almost two months now, and I've got to tell you, I absolutely love them. I wear them almost every day for work. You know, you wear them at work, listen to some music, but also I use them for, you know, uh, when the fire alarms go off, I got to, you know, don't want to hear all that noise. I use them for that. But if you want your own Etz or Klar. I get the Toll of too. Those are fucking Toll. I've been using those in my wood shop, yeah. and they drown out some shit. Well, if you want any of those, like I said, go over to studio.com. Check them out. Put what you find that you want in your basket. Go to checkout. Go to the coupon. Put the promo code of Darkenose15 in to get 15% off your entire purchase. And if you happen to forget... DarkWindowsPod.com! Go over there. Um, DarkWindowsPod.com. You can find links to our friends at Studio Sweden for some headphones. You can find a link to our Age of Radio page where you can listen to every episode of this bullshit we've ever recorded. Or you can also find some other shows over there that are not bullshit, that are much better than mediocre than us. Like who? Uh, Dark Dark Windows. Yeah, those guys fucking suck with a bunch of losers. Um, You can find Color Me Dead if you're looking for some true crime. Uh, Mysterious Circumstances with our buddy Justin, who covers a little bit of everything. Um, Listen, Justin, I know you're going to listen to this. Kevin has a crush on him. Aliens exist. But, did um, in ancient times, Mister. Anyway, so Kevin Kevin has a crush on Justin. We get it. Um, but there's shows for there's stuff for everybody. You want sports? We've got it. You want some motivational stuff? We got it. There, there's something for everybody over there. Um, yes. And yeah. So with that being said, I guess this is uh this is the end, the final episode, the final of the Dark Windows podcast for the for this week. But we'll be back next week and. Kevin, what are we what are we doing next week? Oh, I think we should just let him know. Fuck it, New Year, new us. What are we doing next week? Listen, no, it's New Year, same old us, because that's what we do. We just let him know what they. So, I think New Year. Don't, don't be a bitch. You tell him. Okay, fine. We're gonna cover ghost ships. Couple of them, probably. Couple of them, probably. Yeah. I mean, I was like, I was looking, and I was, I just came across one. And I was like, oh, that sounds that's interesting. I want to cover that. Most people are going to be like, didn't y'all talk about boats like a little bit ago? And I was like, yeah, we did, but not haunted ones. Yeah. Ours were not, these, that, that one was not pre-haunted. That one was run by a weird asshole that yeah. had a thing for his own stuff. Yeah. So, but yeah. anyway. So, so suck it. Yeah. Fuckers. <laughs> Fucking weird Englishman. Hey, by the way. Oh no, my crumpets. By the way, <laughs> everybody, before we go. Keep up the good work on the goddamn Facebook page. Keep it up. I love it. Or fuck off, I guess. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, we love you guys. Just, yeah, I, I like talking to everybody. And uh, let's keep it up. I, I think with, like, everything going on politically today, I I posted a poll about some politics to finally get a, a concrete answer as to what should be voted on here. Um, you, you can go over to our Facebook page. It's probably still up. Pepsi or Coke? Uh, and if you pick tab, I'm going to send the gulag van to you. Listen. It's already out in Oregon. Cruised around for somebody. So. Oh, yo, it is. <laughs> Hopefully we can find him. He can't run that fast. He's got a broken foot. <laughs> Listen, if I have to make a pitch for, uh, you know, Pepsi. Who the I, fuck drinks Tab? I don't it's know. It's flat Pepsi. It is. It's dog shit. Yes. Same as fucking Moxie. Yes. We're, we're not. They, they literally, uh... they scrape Moxie off the back of sweaty horses that have just come off the field and put it in cans. Yeah, but the thing is, though, Moxie's older than 
both of them. Yeah, and they haven't made a new fucking batch of it since they started. Probably not. Anyway, oh. just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. Hey, and guess what? Don't let the grenades hit you. Where the good lord arm. split you? Yes. In the arm? <laughs> Ugh. Dude, I want to find pictures of that injury because that just sounds fucking gruesome. Ugh. Anyway, uh, bye-bye. It's like a fucking overboiled hot dog. <laughs> <laughs>